If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, but before, while you're turning there, verses 18 through 24. We're rocking and rolling now. Verses 18 through 25. Verses 18 through 25. And if I had to title this message, as you can see on the screen, it would be called Emmanuel. And tonight as I dive into the scripture, my prayer is that you would understand more about this name Emmanuel. And more so that I could get out what God has showed me about this name. But you know we love Christmas time. I love Christmas time. I love the weather. I love the cold weather. The music. Uh... They're getting to where they begin to play Christmas music earlier and earlier now. Halloween, you're out trick-or-treating, they're playing Christmas music on the radio. Delilah, you can hear her playing it. Listen, the gatherings, as the Christmas parties and the school gatherings and the church gatherings and Thanksgiving and all, I mean, not Thanksgiving, but the Christmas dinners and all this other stuff that we do and all the other stuff that comes with Christmas, I love it. I don't know anybody really, truly that don't like Christmas. Even the Christmas lights, our neighbor behind our house, he went... Clark Griswold, he went, loaded his house up with lights, LED lights, and you drive by and you turn on the radio station and it plays music and the lights go with the music. We got people coming through our neighborhood like crazy, but it's awesome, right? The most wonderful time of the year. But what a great gift that was given to us on that cold night in Bethlehem. I told the kids this this morning in a devotion, the greatest gift of Christmas was not wrapped in paper but it came wrapped in swaddling clothes, amen. And his name was Jesus. And if you stand with me as we read God's word in Matthew chapter 1, starting uh, verses 18 through 25. It says, now the birth, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When as his mother Mary was his spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and, they sh and, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. In verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took, him, took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Father, we come to you again. God, we ask that you just use this time. God, speak to us. Lord, would you bless the hearers? Would you bless the reading of your word? And God, we'll be careful to praise you and give you all the glory for it all. Would you speak to us like only you can in Jesus' name? Amen. Listen, I want to kind of dive right into this, and we're going to kind of break the scripture down a little bit, and, uh, and then, then we'll go home. But listen, in verse 21, it says this right here, and we read these words, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Listen, thou shalt call his name Jesus. And we hear that word Jesus, right? So that word Jesus in Hebrew is Yehoshua. Or some people say uh, um, Yeshua. But if you, was to, if you was to put that in English, you would get the word Joshua. 
Joshua. But listen, but when they took that word Joshua and they transliterated it into the Greek Septuagint, you got Jesus. And at the time, they spelt it with an I. They didn't have a J. But later on, down the road, they had a J, but the J never carried the just sound. It still was Jesus. But then at about 1500 A.D., the J took on its form, J, and we got the word that we have today, Jesus. So that word didn't really take place until about 1500 A.D. But listen, this Jesus, this Jesus, this name Jesus carries the same meaning. It's Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah saves. And so they said, you shall call him, what, Jesus, which is Jehovah saves. Jehovah is salvation. But listen, this Jesus, this Son of God, this Savior of mankind is God incarnate. Listen, it goes on to say this. What's the purpose of Jesus? People say, well, what is the purpose of Jesus coming forth to this earth? What is the purpose of Jesus coming to us? In verse 21, it tells us clearly, He shall save His people from their sin. Brother Steve used that scripture this morning, but I want you to look at it. He said, save His people from their, their, uh, their sin. Listen, when we come into the fellowship of God and we surrender our lives over to Him, we are now His. We belong to Him. We are His sheep. We are His fold. But the Bible says He saves us from their sin, our sin. Listen, we are born under the condemnation of sin. Amen. And it's not that you have to teach a child to be bad. You have to teach a child to be good. And once we get out of that age of accountability, whatever that may be for that certain child, we understand that we know right from wrong. We understand that any man that knows to do good and does it, it is sin in the eyes of God. Amen. And so he has come to save us from the wrath and the penalty and the debt of our sins. That ought to get you excited tonight. Listen, Jesus was going to redeem God's people. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions of your fathers. In verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Listen, he said that Peter was saying this. He said, you're not redeemed with all the gold and all the metal and all the money and all the great and wonderful things. You are not redeemed by that. The only way that you can be redeemed is by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Brother Steve preached on the blood this morning. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says, there is no remission of sin. Listen, in Le uh, Leviticus chapter 17. nothing in, of, in, in our lives. We have nothing to offer to us without the shedding of blood. Listen, in the Old Testament, it was the sheep's blood, the ram, the bullock, and all it did was cover it. But now the great Messiah, Jesus, came along and he shed his blood for our sins. Amen. But listen, it says he's called his name Christ. Christ. We know that his name shall be Jesus, but his also name was Christ. This is Christos, the anointed one. Listen, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter was preaching to the, all the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leader. He said, there is salvation in none other, for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Listen, there's only one Jesus Christ. You may hear the name Jesus elsewhere, but I'm telling you, there's not but one Jesus Christ. And he came forth 
as a baby in a manger that we're going to be reading about a little bit later. He came forth to save his people from their sins. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. He came to set the captive free. Hey, you ought to get excited about what he has come to do in our lives. Jesus was going to buy back God's people. This man was a divine plan from God Almighty. Verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Matthew, the tax collector, the gospel that we're reading, he's telling a story right here, and he's telling the story of the birth of the Messiah that was prophesied some 700 years ago. And Matthew has given us a first-hand view of the birth of the Messiah. And then we'll get into that prophecy a little bit later and who, sold, and, and, and who spoke of that prophecy. But listen, if you go back to the, and you go back into the Old Testament, there's all kind of messianic prophecies through the Old Testament. We talk about Jesus Christ and the prophecies of Jesus Christ. And, you know, Isaiah talks about Jesus and Isaiah talks about his death and everything else. Matter of fact, listen, you can go all the way back to the very first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And you read the very first messianic prophecy. He said, I'll put enmity between thy woman and uh, between thy and thy woman, between uh, thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise his heel, but thou shalt crush his head. That's a mess- messianic prophecy right there. And then you read all through the Old Testament about Jesus Christ. Listen, if you back and read it again, amen. Listen, verse 23 tells us. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, is God with us. Listen, I want to kind of unpack this scripture for just a little bit and kind of hang out here, but I don't know if you caught that first part. It says, a virgin shall be with child. I'm not sure if you understand that, but that's impossible. As we know, a virgin is someone who's not been with another person intimately. So a virgin with a child is something that seems impossible. It cannot happen. But we know as reading the scriptures and we know by reading the Holy Word of God that there's what? There's nothing impossible with God. Amen. Listen, it seems like that when God worked in His ways and His, and His, uh, His divine plan, it seems like it was the impossible. Listen, the children of Israel, when they stood there with Moses at the Red Sea, thought that this is it. We're dying. Pharaoh's right behind us. The Red Sea's in front of us. But what happened? God parted the sea and dried the ground. Abraham and Sarah, they said, there's no way. We can't have a child. We're way too old. God gave Sarah a child in that barren womb. And it goes on and on and on and on. David, they thought he would never defeat Goliath. Goliath, And he took him down with a stone. See, it seems like that when God is in control, when God's way is done, it seems like it's the impossible way. God not only wanted this to be a miracle, but he wanted his seed. He, want, he didn't want this seed to be corrupted by any sin. God had a plan here. The only hope, listen church, the only hope that we had was for Savior and for Him to be absolutely perfect. Listen, if it had been anybody else, we wouldn't have no hope, we wouldn't have no anything because they would have been marred by the image of sin, they would have been corrupted by the seed of Adam, and they would have not been uh, uh, enough of a sacrifice to free us and to set us free from our sin. It had to be somebody perfect, and the only person that was perfect was what? Jesus Christ, because he came forth in a virgin. Listen, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible says this, But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, 
Fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So how many of you know that God works on both sides? Listen, maybe even, even in our lives today, God works on both sides. Amen. And so, listen, he, he, wasn't, he just sent an angel to Mary and said, Hey, you're highly favored, and you're going to bear a child, and he's going to be the Son of God, the great Messiah, and he's going to save the people, and you're going to call him Jesus. And he just left Joseph out there in the cold. No, God works in, uh, on both sides. God sent an angel to Joseph. God sent an angel to Joseph to explain what was going on, because if you think about what's happening here, listen, this is a supernatural miracle by God. There was to be no chance this child was to be tied to another man. But listen, this was a lot to take in. Think about it. Let's go there for a minute. This was a lot to take in, and this scripture says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not willing to make her a public example, but was minded to put her away privately. Think about this. They was not married yet. They were pretty much engaged. Uh, the, the word there is espoused or uh, betrothed. The, uh, it was almost a marriage, but they wasn't married yet. So if you wasn't married, then you wasn't to come together intimately as one, all right? And so they wasn't married yet. So number one, you got to think that Mary is now has a child and she's pregnant, and Joseph's probably thinking, what? I mean, I mean let, let, let's step out of the spiritual realm. Let's, let's, let's go there. Let, let's go there. Reality is, you see, this is men. You're engaged. You're fixing to get married, and your wife shows up pregnant. Your mind's going to wonder what just happened. And so Joseph, being in the flesh, being human, he's thinking, what's going on here? And then Mary, knowing that she's not married to Joseph, she's got to walk around with this belly. And so all these things are taking place. And so you got to think there's a lot on them. They were young. Uh, There's just a lot. God just like, whoop, put it on them. But God sent angels to comfort them and speak to them and to show them and to guide them. He just didn't leave them out in the cold. Mary just didn't wake up one day with a baby in her belly. God had a plan. God had a perfect plan. And they wasn't married yet. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because in the end of Matthew chapter 1, we read that, what? After the dream, Joseph got up and he went and took Mary as his wife. And he, what? He knew her not till after Jesus was born. That means they didn't come together intimately till the Son of God was born. And then they had their other children. But listen, we go on in verse 23, and we read this right here. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is God with us. Listen, this is a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Listen, that word sign right there is portent. It really means, in the Hebrew, it means a warning, especially something really great is likely or about to happen. So what happened is, is Isaiah is giving this prophecy of Jesus that was going to come down the road. It's going to be a sign of something great that was about to happen, right? Amen? So listen, so this word Emmanuel is only mentioned, what, three times in the Bible. Twice in Isaiah and once in Matthew. We hear this as a name, but we never hear it called. uh, uh, We never hear Jesus called by this name. This name carries tremendous weight, tremendous power, and tremendous authority. Listen, we hear Jesus. Be called all these things, but we never hear him be called Emmanuel. But the Bible says that you shall call him Emmanuel. What we're reading here in Matthew is a prophecy from over 700 years ago being fulfilled. 
700 years ago, Isaiah spoke of this Messiah that was to come. And in Matthew, he's given the first-hand account of this Messiah that was born. You can read it in Luke. A lot of people like Luke as a Christmas story. You see how things, see how God works? God showed them then, and then it unfolded them. And so if God said he was going to send forth his child to be born of a virgin, which has happened. If God uh, prophesied in Isaiah 53 uh, uh, that, that Jesus was going to die on the cross for the sins of the world, if he prophesied all those things and they have taken place, now if God tells us in his holy word that he's coming back to get us, don't you think that it's going to happen? Listen, if you believe the birth, you believe that all the prophecies, then you've got to believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And listen, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says this, who fairly was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. What that's saying is that Jesus came forth. He appeared in these last times for you. Listen, don't you think that they was in the last times then, that we're in the last times today? Amen. Don't you think if they were in the last times then that we should be looking for that glorious appearing of our hope to come in the sky? Amen. Don't you think that we should be looking for Thessalonians chapter 4? But the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel, uh, uh, archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And all that remain and alive shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. And thus shall we remain with him forever. And the Bible goes on to say what? Therefore you should comfort one another with these words. We ought to be looking for his appearing. Listen, he ain't coming back in a manger. I don't know if y'all been here on Sunday mornings, but we went in a book called Revelation. Uh, and it's been really good. And listen, he ain't coming back in a lowly manger. That's already done. He ain't coming back to die on the cross. Listen to me, friends. Listen to me, church. He's coming back to take over, amen. First of all, he's coming to take us home and to get us out of here, amen. But then he's coming back to set his foot on this earth and to take over and to be who he said he was going to be. And we're going to rule with him. We're going to be kings and priests with him. We're going to be like him. That ought to get you excited tonight, amen. We ought to be looking for Jesus. The Bible said we ought to not forsake the fellowship of saints. We ought to be drawing together and provoking each other to good works more and more and more as the day draws near. This name, this name Emmanuel is not a personal name. It indicates his origin and his role. God with us. This name shows the whole entire world. This name shows all of creation, all of humanity all the majesty and the deity of God. I want to break this name, uh, God with us down. We're going to break it down. I've got three things I want to share with you. This is, that was just an introduction. We're really fixing to start preaching now. So we got two more hours. I hope you're in. But listen, number one, Jesus was all God. In John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word Word means logos, written word, God's plan. Listen, man's salvation put on human nature in the person of Jesus, the Messiah. So if you was to go back and read that, it says, In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Listen, Jesus was there in the very beginning. Can I tell you this tonight, church? Will you hear me? Jesus did not begin his existence in a manger. He began as an eternal God. 
The first time we read and see Jesus was not when he came and to be born in a manger by a virgin named Mary. That's not it. God was there in the very beginning. The Bible said his plan was there for the foundation of the world. The Bible says that let us make man in our image. Amen. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you don't know, we serve a triune God. He is three in one. You can't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but the teaching is all through the Bible. Amen. And listen, I'm thankful that we have God the Father who sent God the Son and now the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. Listen, it is an earnest. It is a purchase of his possession. Amen. He come back to pay the price of sin penalty. He purchased us with his blood. Amen. And let me tell you something. He gives us the down payment. He gives us the earnest of the Holy Spirit. He said that belongs to me and one day he will receive all of me and I'll be in all of his glory when I step in to his kingdom. Amen. Whether it be that God calls me home uh, or whether it be like we just talked about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. God cracks the sky and raises the church out of here. And we meet with them in the air. I'm telling you, church, you ought to be excited about this stuff. This is good. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 says this, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Listen, Paul is talking about Jesus. He said, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. And Paul uh, is, is, is telling the uh, church of Philippi these things, and he says this, that word being... It literally takes the meaning of to begin, being originally. So if he was to go back, he said, who originally was in the form of God? Who already was in the form of God? That's what that word being means. He said, the Lord's divine essence of God did not stop when he came to earth in human form. Jesus was all of God. And I know maybe that's hard for some people to understand. Maybe it's hard for you to understand. But it's all biblical. It's all in the text here. But Jesus was all of God. Listen, he says, just thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That word robbery means seized. Pretty much Jesus is thinking along these lines. He did not think that being equal to God was to be used in his own advantage. Jesus, being all of God, came to this lowly state to be born in a manger, in a stable. The Bible says, as we read the, uh, the story to our children, they came and the Bible says that there was no room in the inn. I was like... Well, wh where's the end? Where did they stop? But no, it's not E-N-D, it's I-N-N. -N. That's for you slow people, that's like me. Listen, so there was no room in the inn, the motel, amen? And so there was no room for them to stay, and so they went into the barn with all the animals, and Jesus came forth to be born by a virgin, and now he's laying in a manger. And so he came in all this low state, being made, the Bible says, being made lower, lower than the angels. He came in all humility. Listen, we know that God is above all. Uh, Brother Steve said this morning that it gets no higher than God. See, God is outside of creation. He is the creator. And so he could have chose any way possible to come into this world. He could have. He could have came in as a king, a mighty king, that sits in a palace and rules on a throne, and he puts his thumb on every single person. He could have came in on white horses, chariots, all that other stuff, but no, he chose to bring forth his son in the lowest state possible. Y'all with me tonight? Jesus wasn't trying to achieve equality with the Father. He was already equal to the Father. John chapter 10, verse 30 says this, I and my Father are one. We have to understand that Jesus, though he was a baby in the human flesh, the Bible says in John chapter 1, we just read it in the first verse, but later on you read, then the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among men, and we beheld his glory. Jesus came forth in flesh, but he was all of God. Number two, Jesus was all man. Jesus was all man. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says this. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. That word no reputation literally means this. Jesus emptied himself. He left all of his glory in heaven. He left the throne to come to earth. Did you hear me, church? Jesus left everything he knew of in heaven. All of his glory, all of uh, the majesty, and everything that was in heaven. And he came to earth. Get that. Listen, he came to earth. Listen, he emptied himself. That word, no reputation, literally means he emptied himself. Why? Because there was, a, there was a purpose. There was a plan. We said we should call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. There was a purpose and plan that Jesus was going to accomplish. Listen, uh, Jesus stripped himself of all of heaven's glory. In verse, uh, John chapter 17, verse 5, it says this, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Listen, John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for himself. He prays for the disciples. He prays for the people. But here he's saying, God, I've came and done your will. I've done everything that you've told me to do. And God, now he's crying out to his Father, saying, Lord, give me the glory that I had before you formed this world. This was right before the crucifixion. This was right before the court case. And he's crying out to his father. He said, God, I want to come back into your glory. I've done what you've sent me to do. I've completed the task. Listen, he left all of that. I don't, I don't know if you're getting He left all of that. Listen, when I go to heaven, I'm not leaving. In the fullness of time, when the time was right, we talked about this morning. God looked at his son and says, it's time you got to go. It's time. These people are wicked. These people are lost. 400 years. Not a word. He says, it's time. I don't know if you hear that. He said, the time is right. These people need a savior. These people need hope. They need forgiveness. And they need access. And now it's time. And he gave us Jesus. Can I make this clear? Jesus never made himself any less God by becoming a man. But listen, by, by becoming a man, by becoming flesh, by, by placing on that fleshly robe, he made man able to be reconciled to God the Father. At the very beginning, there was separation between man and between God. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and it separated man and God. And ever since then, God has been desiring a relationship and fellowship with his people. He came walking in the cool of the day looking for Adam. 
Listen, he, he, he come and dwelt in a tabernacle with Moses. He came and dwelt in the temple that Solomon built. He has always desired to be with his people. Why? Because he created them. He loves them. Listen, he has gave them a purpose and a divine plan, and he wants to see that be fulfilled in each and every one of our lives. And what is that plan? To live for him, to give him glory, and to ultimately go home to be with him in all of his greatness and goodness into that place that he has created for us, Brother Steve. That's his plan. He loves his people. And for anyone to say that God doesn't love us, and how could God do that, don't understand the God that I read about in the Holy Word of God. And Bethlehem came to be a servant. But he came through a royal bloodline, a heavenly, holy bloodline. Oh, what a God we serve. And he goes on to say that he took on himself a form of a servant. That word servant is bondservant. Though he left heaven and became a man, don't get him mistaken, he never left the power of heaven. Listen, he never left the power of heaven. He just left heaven to become a man. The Bible says that he became to earth to be made in the likeness of you and I. Listen, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says this, Paul and Timothy is the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi, and with the bishops and the deacons. Paul and Timothy were servants unto Jesus Christ. Listen, they were bond servants to Jesus Christ. They did what Jesus Christ had commanded them to do. They submitted themselves to the will of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. The Bible says that he took on a form of a servant. He became a bond servant unto the will of the Father. Listen, he made himself of no reputation and became a bondservant unto the will of the Father. Why? So he could die for us. Paul was saying, I'm a bondservant to Christ. Jesus was fashioned the same way in Philippians 2, chapter 6. He is in the form of God. But in Philippians 2, uh, verse 7, he is in the form of a servant. Notice he said, in the likeness of men. He said, in the likeness of of men. Listen, he did not carry, he did not carry the sin and the corruption of man. He did not have the corruption of man's seed inside him. He came forth and was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. He was perfect in every way. He was spotless, and that's why his sacrifice on the cross, God said, that will do. Because there was no sin. The Bible said a man who knew no sin became sin. A man who knew no sin. For we have a high priest that, can't be, that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted as you and I yet. Because if he wasn't, we'd have no hope, friend. We wouldn't. It'd, it'd, just, it'd be like me or you on the cross dying. It'd be like one of the thieves on the inside of him. They would have done no good. It'd just been another death. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, the Bible says, Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered to, unto, but to minister and to give his life ransom for many. 
Listen, Jesus, he come in this lowly state, in this lowly form, not to be ministered to, but the Bible says to minister to other people, amen, to set the captive free, to heal the sick, to heal the lame, to heal the blind, to heal the deaf. He come to do all that for you and I, to give us an example of how we should live our lives, how we should treat other people, and how we should react in public, and all these other things we read about Jesus. But ultimately, he come to die on the cross and to become a curse for you and I so we could be freed from the curse of the law of sin and death. And I'm so thankful. Again, I'm so thankful that Jesus came forth. I'm so thankful for that name, Jesus. I'm so thankful for the people in my life that looked at me and said, there's a man named Jesus who loves you with the undeniable, unmatchable, uncomparable love. Listen, he died for you. He laid it out for you. He gave you everything you can ever imagine. All he wants you to do is just submit your life to him. Listen, you can read about him in the Bible. And I'm so thankful for a man named Jesus. Listen, number three, Jesus, the God-man, our redeeming Savior. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Listen, found in the appearance of man, he looked as you and I. He looked just like us. He walked around like us. Listen, this was not some angel. This was a real person. Listen, his heart beat just like ours. His lungs would breathe just like ours, who could feel the pain just like us, and whose feelings were afflicted just like ours. Listen, I believe if Jesus was in the crowd today, he would be just like us. Everything that he did was just the way that we live. Listen, he ate, he slept, he walked, he drank. Everything that we do, he did. Listen, the Bible says when they stabbed him in the side, out forth came blood and water. You know what that meant? His lungs filled up with fluid. He died from hypovolemic shock. He had a natural cause and all these things. He suffocated. Listen, he died of natural things. Do you all hear me today? He died of natural things, and he bled just like you and I. He was no different. But yet he was all of God, and he was all of man. But he was also our redeeming Savior. Do you know that God obeys no one? God is the ultimate creator. God is the ultimate creator. He is above all. He is outside of creation. No, he, 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 he obeys no one. We all have to obey Him. But listen, the Bible says this, that He became obedient unto death. He became obedient unto death. Hmm. He willingly surrendered, surrendered His life over to death. Brother Steve talked about this morning. The Romans didn't kill Him. The centurions didn't kill Him. Hear me, church. The Jews didn't kill Him. No, 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 no. The Pharisees didn't kill Him. Nope, the high priest didn't kill him. He said, I'll give my life. The Bible says that he come to give his life ransom for many. They didn't take his life, friends. They didn't take my Lord's life. He gave it for you and I. That was his purpose. That was his plan. He surrendered his life unto the obedience of death. Listen, what's so important about the name Emmanuel, you ask? Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, where there's sin, there has to be death. Let's go back to the Genesis in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, that animal had to die that God used to clothe them and to cover their shame with. 
And ever since then, there had to be death to cover the sins of the people of Israel. Over and over and over again, there had to be bloodshed to cover the sins. The law is clear. Where there is sin, there has to be death. And listen, let me tell you something. If we don't come into the fellowship of God and repent from our sins and turn our lives over to Him and trust and believe in Him as Lord and Savior, there will be death in our lives because of our sins. Because we can't stand before a holy God and testify before ourselves and for the sins that we committed. But the Bible goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So when you stand before that judgment day and you're covered by blood of Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. You'll be able to stand because Christ is standing in you. Amen. That's the only way you'll make it through judgment. Because of Christ that is in you. But the wages of sin is death. Someone had to die for the sin of the world. But notice the Bible said gift. The word gift there. A favor with which one receives without any merits of his own. Brother Bill, we've been talking about this word gift for the last few weeks. Listen, when you wrap up a gift and you give it to someone on their birthday or on Christmas, you bought it, you prepared it, you wrapped it, and then you gave it to them, and all they did was receive it. Let me tell you something. The salvation of my Lord and my Savior Jesus cannot be bought. It cannot be earned. It cannot be worked for. It cannot be none of that. All you can do is receive it. God did all the work on the cross of Calvary when he sent his son in a manger to walk with us, and we beheld his glory, and to send his son to the cross of Calvary and place him in a tomb and resurrect him on the third day. God did all the work. Amen. We can't work for salvation. All we can do is come to him through faith. Amen. We are saved by grace through faith alone not of works least any man should boast the work was done by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary amen and all we can do is so humbly receive him as Lord and Savior of our life it is a gift amen I love gifts this time of year we talk about gifts I told the kids this morning about Oh, we got full with, and I get it. I do too. And they're kids, and they're happy, and they're excited about Christmas, as they should be. But I said, guys, those are great. But those will fade away one day with the dirt and the rest of the world. Well, there was a gift given to us on Christmas that was wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. His name was Jesus Christ. And, man, I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Can you imagine a God that loves you so much that gave his only son? A gift. Listen, someone had to die for the sins of the world. Someone had to be willing to sacrifice their life. Someone had to stand in the path of God's righteousness. Someone had to feel the pain and the suffering and the separation of sin. Someone had to come to fulfill the law. Someone's blood had to be shed. Someone's image had to be marred. Someone had to walk on earth and feel the afflictions of mankind. Someone had to reach out their hand to the perishing. Someone had to make a way for sinners to get to heaven. Someone had to go to the cross. Someone had to lay in the tomb dead. Listen, church, hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, said, I will do it. He said, I'll do it. You show me another God, a little G God. You show me another God that says, I will die for my people. I will sacrifice my life for my people. There ain't none. Peter said it well. He said, there's salvation in none other. For there is no other name given among men by where we must be saved. 
There's salvation nowhere else but in the name of Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness in nowhere else but in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no chain breaker in the nowhere else but in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. I've walked in chains of addiction. I've walked in chains of alcoholism and drug addiction. And let me tell you something. There's no God. There's no person. There's no entity. There's no program could have ever set me free from that bondage. But Jesus Christ came along. He busted the shackles free. And let me tell you something. The Bible says where there is spirit is, oh, there's liberty and there's freedom. And I'm walking in freedom and I'm walking in liberty today. Why? Because Jesus, my Lord and Savior, is alive and well today and dwelling on the inside of me. That ought to make you excited today. Maybe you're in bondage. Maybe you're in sin. Maybe you're walking in darkness. But I'm telling you, the Bible says where Jesus is, where two or more are gathered, in my name there I will be in the midst. And I believe that Jesus Christ is here tonight. And here in just a minute, I'm going to give you an invitation to come and pray. Matter of fact, the altar's open. You won't affect me. I'll preach around you, preach over you. It doesn't matter. I'll stop preaching and pray with you if you need me to. Listen, but let me tell you something. I'm going to open the invitation up in a minute. And if you need prayer, you come and I'll pray. Listen, if you need, if you, you got a family member you're praying for, you come. You bring their name to the foot of the cross. But we'll get there in just a minute. Listen, he said, I will do it. Oh, what a God that we serve. Oh, he is worthy. I want to close with this. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, at the very end of it, he said, not only was he obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I don't know if you understand the cross. The cross was the most severe way of death by the Romans. It was an art. It was a sport. It was a game. Most of the people who were sentenced to the cross Never made it past the whipping post because the flogging and the whipping was so bad. The bloodshed and the bleeding and the fluid was so bad, they died. But our Lord, <laughs> that little baby, you moms, you grandmothers, you remember holding your baby when that child was born? The greatest gift. When that child comes into this world, oh, what a miracle of God that is. You held that baby and you looked at that baby and you just wanted to squeeze it and hold it and tell him that you love him, tell her that you love him. Steve gets it and whispers John 3.16 in her ear. That baby that was in a manger was the one who was beat. Beyond recognition, they couldn't even tell who he was. He couldn't even carry his cross. They, they placed a crown of thorns my Lord's head he began to bleed the Bible says that he opened not his mouth why church why because Jesus was born to die we needed hope and the Bible says that he was obedient even unto the death I know that we celebrate Christmas. 
And I know that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I know that the resurrection is in Easter. But let me tell you something. Without the death, without the resurrection, we have nothing. If Jesus was to just be born, he would just be another person. He had to die. He had to bear our sins. He had to bear our iniquities. He had to shed his own blood. He had to be placed in that borrowed tomb. And he had to resurrect victoriously and triumphantly on the third day. Or we would have nothing. But our God, who was so faithful, who was so matchless, who was so awesome, who was so, oh, he's so good. He said he was going to do it, and he did it. And then we have this story to tell, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, to go out and to tell the world of all the things that Jesus has done for us. Oh, he wasn't just born. He walked around with us. He did all these things. Let me tell you something. That is the greatest story that you can ever tell anybody in their whole entire life. It is the gospel. It is the good news. It is the message of Jesus Christ. We ought to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. I tell the children all the time, they're not in here, but you can ask them. I ask them this all the time. If you're saved, can you tell me how you got saved? I don't need a great theologian answer. I'm looking for a five-year-old answer. Can you tell me how I can get saved? And I want them to know those things. Because that's important. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm so thankful that he loved us sinners. And yet we were still sinners. Christ died for us. It goes on to say that he gave his own son, his only begotten son. There it is, the gift that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what believes, when you place your faith and your trust and your life into the hands of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he's in the hands of the Father and no man can pluck us out. Amen. We are sealed by faith into the day of redemption. No man can take us away from God. Listen, sin may bust up the fellowship that you have with God, but nobody can bust up the relationship that you have with God. Amen. It is sealed to the day that you die. And it goes on to say, and should not perish but have everlasting life. I know each and every one of us have family members and friends and people in our lives that we work with or we see that don't know Jesus. We pray for them and we reach out to them and we share Jesus with them. The only hope that they have is in a man named Jesus. And the only hope that they have is for us to tell them about a man named Jesus. And to live. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, As you have received Christ, walk ye in Him. Be ye holy, because I am holy. We ought to be in examples. But I want to close with this. I pray tonight, as I've shared this message with you, if y'all want to come up, whoever's singing, you can go ahead. But I pray tonight, as I've shared this message with you, that when you hear Emmanuel, when you hear the words, God with us that you'll have a different meaning or maybe you already knew this but maybe you'll hear that Emmanuel and it'll take on a whole new meaning listen God that first word God it is all of his deity all of his majesty all of his greatness and all of heaven it says with us darkness but listen it says with And that connects to us. And that with, that with.
we have is Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful God said, I'll go. I'll go to save my people. I'll leave my throne. I'll leave all of heaven. And I'll come in the form of a man, in the likeness of man, and dwell with man so that they can have salvation and that man can be saved. I want to, this is a song called Emmanuel. I want to read it to you. This is by Chris Tumblin. It says, What hope we hold this starlit night? A king is born in Bethlehem. Our journey long we seek the light that leads to the hallowed manger ground. What fear we felt on that silent night. 400 years can he be found, but broken by a baby's cry. Rejoice in the hallowed manger ground. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God incarnate here to dwell. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, praise his name, Emmanuel, the Son of God, born to bleed. A crown of thorns would pierce his brow. And we beheld his offerings, exalt the King of kings, praise the Lord, the hallowed manger ground. Listen tonight, I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus. I don't know you where you are in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you need to come to the feet of Jesus and just talk to Him for a little while. Remember, as I've said before, who's struggling, who's, who's wandered away from God, who, who don't know Jesus, maybe you need to bring their name down here to the foot of the cross and you just plead to God. Give them their name. Ask God to open their eyes and to move in their lives. Or better yet, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I want to extend the invitation that Jesus said in His Word that whosoever calls upon His name, He shall save. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, rose on the third day, the Bible says that you shall be saved. We got a good God. Amen. Would you all agree? When we serve a God, He'll save you today if you call upon His name. Your way in this time God, only you can save, only you can heal, only you can mend.